thought you were ready. I'm ready. Well, well tell me when to do it. Uh, I think I'm ready. Well, I need to know. Ready. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 545, January 25th, 2021. It was 58 degrees on this day in 1944 and 31 below in 1904. Perfect. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Might as well start with a correction. Or maybe it's more of a clarification. Isn't that the way we start every show, with the correction? Good morning, Joe. In all fairness to Kenny, there is a blue washer fluid that is good to zero, but I believe that is primarily sold in the warmer states. It would make sense that Chris's vehicle still had the snowflake fluid in it as he made his way into colder temps. In this part of the country, we GLers don't deal with light-duty anything. A great day to all. Brian from Duluth. All right. That was a good one. That was yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Hi, Joe. This is Sam from the other side of town. What does that mean? Yeah, there's hmm. problems in the world, but I'd like to take a break from that and hear you talk about, one, space management. I'll be glad to. Number two, the increasing power of old sol to melt the snow. Number three, why the 21st's viewpoint is one of hope and optimism. Uh, he notes that he shoveled his virgin driveway in the early afternoon on a sunny, cold, but not too cold day yesterday. Neighbors walked and drove by and waved. I could have left the snow because even my front-wheel-only drive car could have gotten up and down the driveway without much problem, but I didn't. The amount of snow in my driveway was so low, I even gave my two-stage snowblower the day off and did the work myself. My neighbors with their blacktop driveways were really reaping the benefits of old Sal coming out of hibernation and flexing his sun power muscles a bit. In short, a pretty nice day. Good luck. Well, I... uh I, I uh, practiced space management yesterday morning, mm-hmm. uh, not only because I'm a GLer, but because I had some urgency, because I had to prepare the driveway to drive a car outside that I've sold and load it onto a truck that Ooh. was going to arrive, a trailer. And so I, uh, so that really got me out there early to, to practice snow management. And then I did sense as uh, as did Sam from the other side of town, that the sun was going to really be our friend yesterday. So and it, and it proved to be. It really proved to be. It was. I ran out there with my roof rake so as to uh, prevent any ice dams from forming. And this was going to be in the afterno- early uh, afternoon, and it had already started to melt. And uh, my job was successful, but the old, uh, the old orb in the sky helped me out greatly. I got this note from a kid I used to have. Uh, they're anticipating 12-foot waves on Lake Michigan, 45-mile-hour winds out of the northeast, and 8 inches of snow wow. in the Chicago area. Wow. Goodness. Wow. I hope, he gets, I hope he gets film of that. Uh, as for Sam from the other side of the town, uh, wondering about the 21st-year's viewpoint of the world as one of hope and, hope and optimism. Well, because it is. Uh, just look at yesterday. Just look at the power of the sun on a, on a relatively cold day or a very seasonable day, uh, given the temperature yesterday. And yet the sun did incredible work for those of us who practice space management and then let the sun do the rest of it. It was fantastic because we're in spring. 21sters are in the, in a beautiful spring. I've never <laughs> seen, I've never seen, uh, the Highland nine hole golf course in St. Paul. I, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It had to have a thousand cross country skiers on it. Really? Uh, cars wow. were parked from Montreal all the way around the course, practically up to Snelling Avenue. Wow. Well, yeah. that's nice. That's, uh, you know what that now, is? Optimistic. Now, the way to do that, isn't that you start at the stop, uh, at the top, ski down yes. the hill, have somebody pick you up, do ride we? up the hill, ski down again. Well, there's no hills. Don't. 
There's no Kenny, window. you're Wait doing all right. Uh, you're Isn't thinking of the 18. You're thinking of the 18 by the uh, water towers. The executive's yeah. nine. That was full of people. That was full of kids sledding. Right. Oh, okay. People right. were really festive yesterday. It was. Where's the nine day. at, Joe? I, right on. Uh, right on Montreal and Hamlin. Montreal and Edgecombe. As you're going oh. east on Montreal, the 18 holes on your left, and the executive nines on the right. Yeah. Okay. I, right. There's a part of me that wanted to, uh, and I didn't, but I wanted to go to each and every one of those people skiing, and ask them if they are aware of the uh, future plans for that nine-hole golf course in St. Paul. Uh, because uh, the, the plans right now are only aspirational. That's what the salon says when they don't have enough money to do something yet. They call mm-hmm. their plans aspirational. But the, the plans are to turn that into a Hmong uh, athletic development, uh, a Hmong athletic field. Apparently there's some games unique to the Hmong culture. And uh, there's there's an effort underway to try to find land for that. Well, then I'd like to know where those thousand people are going to go cross country skiing in a couple of years, if in fact that becomes a Hmong athletic facility. <laughs> wow, you got my mind racing. I've stopped paying attention to you because I just had a brutal flashback about playing <laughs> Joe playing huh? golf. I playing golf with a guy, and I think it was his second time out ever on the Highland Course. And he lined up to hit his ball and didn't realize or didn't think it was going to be a factor. There was a tiny tree in his backswing, yeah. and he, he, he torques off at that ball. He hits the ball. His club hits the tree and breaks in half. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing I'd ever seen on a golf course. Damn, I wish we had it on video. Oh, oh my goodness. It was right out of a Laurel and Hardy skit. I, I don't anyway. know how many, uh, I don't know how many cross country skiers or GLers who may might be listening to the show, but uh, that is that is in the works in St. Paul. It's uh, it's not going to happen next year. I, I it could maybe not happen, but uh, I think of that every time I go by there this winter. The COVID, of course, has caused a uh, an outpouring of cross country skiing fervor, yeah. and uh, you know where are they going to ski? Right? Are they all masked up? Well, some are. But then I, I think we're not. We don't have a shortage of places to ski, do we? Uh, that wouldn't even be a worry for me. Well, where, where would else. they cross country ski? I, I oh. never see any cross country skiers on the eighteen hole course, but the nine hole course, for some reason, is really, really popular with cross country skiers. Now they Just do all amazing. Hmm. It, it seems like all of the public courses over uh, on the wrong side of the river have uh, skiing. Yeah, I know Hiawatha yeah. does. Theo Worth does. Uh, probably a few more. I went through that phase. I'm, I'm glad it's gone. I I, I didn't mind it. I did too as a kid. But yeah. cold feet were a problem. I could never keep my feet warm. Wasn't the feet that bothered me? It was trying to get going. I, you know, you, <laughs> I didn't get going very well. <laughs> you just sit there and spin your wheel. Kind <laughs> of just go back and forth with the skis and it's nothing happens. It's too much work. I want to be a lot of work on the hill, like Kenny said. And you just go down the hill, and then a yeah. rope or a chair or a car brings you back to the top. We used a snowmobile, and we'd go up and down the driveway because <laughs> it was steep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. May I ask you something? Uh, and I'm not being facetious. I was noting that Dr. Fauci, he's the highest paid federal employee in the country, by the way. Mm, I did not I know that. I, I don't, I don't, pers- I don't say that to begrudge him. I don't really care if he's the highest. 400 and something a year. Okay. Mm. Uh, uh, in any event, Fauci is now backing the double masking theory in the coronavirus fight. I'm not wearing two masks. Uh, he is, uh, of course, Biden's chief medical advisor. He said two face masks are likely more effective than one against the novel coronavirus, despite significant uncertainty on the subject. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put on another layer, and it just makes common sense that it would be more effective, Fauci told NBC News. Well, let me stop right there. And again, I'm not being facetious. But isn't that tantamount to telling me, then, that one mask is useless? Oh. If, if if you're telling yes. me that if you're telling me oh. that you need two, what's the point of wearing the one? I've seen a lot of people doing that already. 
And then number two point would be, and again, I'm not being facetious, if there's a third variant, do we wear three masks? God, I don't want to wear one. I mean, I have, I have to, enough trouble I will, with but, one. Right. And mine's pretty thick, so I, you know. Infectious disease experts from Stanford Health, Stanford Healthcare, Mayo Clinic, and Johns Hopkins University uh, told Fox News there is little to no evidence on the issue. Nasa Ernst from John Hopkins, where she serves as nurse manager of the biocontainment unit, agreed, although she proposed that anecdotal evidence suggests additional layers could offer psychological safety to some. In this pandemic, psychological safety is important. It provides a sense of control in an unknown environment, she wrote. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, masks should have two layers of breathable fabric with a snug fit covering the nose and mouth. Okay, Uh, we're doing that already, right? We all have a mask. Yep. Yep. There is some conflicting advice on double masking, which suggests there isn't enough research behind it. When worn correctly, a single face mask made of appropriate material typically offers enough protection. Paula Cannon, a distinguished professor of molecular microbiology and immunology at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California, said. However, wearing two can provide additional protection. A second mask can create a tighter seal around your face and also help secure the mask so they don't slip down. Another physician, Dr. Dave Nida previously told CBS News that two masks can create more of an obstacle course for viral particles in an attempt, uh, in an attempted route from the air through the body and into the lungs. Okay, we were told by Dr. Scott Jensen of the Minnesota Legislature. He drew that fascinating analogy about a golf ball rolling through an open double door. <laughs> right. right, right. So, so what? <laughs> Oh these are all. Uh, these are all. This is this is where our science is on this, and it's it's very, it's very incomplete, uh, because on the one hand, I, I think the woman who said it offers some psychological help has come the closest uh, to explaining well, well, why the masks have been uh, worn so frequently by people. I think it gives us a psychological edge. It 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 makes you feel like you're combating it when in when in mm. practicality. You may well not be. I don't know. I don't know. But I wear one. I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I follow this. I follow the recommendations and the admonishments. But, man, now you're telling me to wear two? It doesn't seem like science and following the science. It seems more like hypotheses. Well, it um, seems like we really have, yeah, we really don't not, have the answers. Yeah, they have not been proven yet. Maybe we're, Maybe that's a part of doing science. But I don't think it's a proven fact. Well, yeah, why we're not just hypotheses here? Well, why not just one good mask? There you you, go. what, everything, everything you're telling me in this story suggests that you have no faith whatsoever in a mask. <laughs> None. I don't. And speaking of peace of mind, you know why I wear a mask indoors? For others, the, their peace of mind. So I wear they a mask indoors people. because I'm told to, or I am right, required right. to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to raise a ruckus because nope. I've been asked to wear one. If you want me to come in your store and buy what I need, I'll put on a mask Boom. and carry Done. it in my pocket. Yep. Boom. But what you're telling me here between the lines is you're, you're admitting after a year that, A, you really have no idea if one mask is the answer. So, therefore, we're going to recommend you wear two. Well, what the hell? Yep, and we can go back to your reoccurring phrase, Joe, uh, after XXX, you know, in this case it's one year, I still don't know anything more. I don't know anything more than I did a year ago. Yep. Uh, well, it's absolutely, it's not a year yet. We're about 11 months. I know nothing more than I did 11 months ago. We had a huge, not huge, we had a family wedding on Feb 14 last year. You did, uh, yes. In an enclosed room. Yep. Not one soul that. got sick. And you would think that, you know, that was that was right around the time it was making its debut in the in the country. Uh, no masking, no soul, nothing. Did that person get sick from the um the the gathering? No, nobody or got elsewhere. sick. Nobody got okay. sick. So nobody, nobody got sick. 
Good. The, uh, according to Tom Hauser on Twitter, the Minnesota Department of Health reports three more COVID deaths, including one in long-term care. These are usual quirky Monday numbers, but is the lowest death since 1012, plus 794 new positive tests. And the health department also reports 49% of all available vaccine doses have been administered. So that's a that's a small ray of hope that the, the death numbers have lessened. I don't know what kind of trend we can take from that. but I'm not going to blow the whistle on any saloons, but I, I, I have one in mind that I occasionally drive by. And what what is the rule now? 50% capacity? Correct. For, in, so for an like indoor that. bar? Yeah. You, I'm thinking of a place where you couldn't find a spot in the parking lot. Yep. Mm. There's no way in hell that they were... And I'm not ripping them. You, you know, you got to put food on your family. Right. Uh, but I'm saying, I'm saying, there's no way. There was no way that was fifty percent capacity. That looked like about one hundred and ten percent capacity. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what the deal is. I, I don't know anything more than I did a long time ago. But I'll be damned if I'm wearing two masks. I'm sorry. Uh, you 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 sold me on the idea that I'm gonna I'm gonna wear one because the proprietor of the establishment wishes me to, mm-hmm. but I'm not wearing two. Uh, I got one. That's enough. The hell with it. Because again, I, it sounds to me like what we're being told. We're kind of we're kind of being played for uh, immature people here, aren't we? We're kind of being yeah. played as children. You Shuffle know, along here, move you along. Know, we told you to wear one, but yeah, I think you're better off with two. Well, then what the hell did you, why didn't you tell me that seven months ago? Right. How many could we have? Well, I don't think, I don't, there's a limited number of the population, percentage of the population that would wear two masks, even if said, this is what you got to do. I'm, I might be one of those people. I really don't care to wear two masks. I'm not going to. I think I this one that. is efficient. And you know what? I'm still keeping my distance. Me too. Wow. Hail a flashlight king. I give you a hail you. Hail you, sir. This is really a good email from Gary Liebman in Egan. Joe, I know we're one week removed from Martin Luther King Day, but as I walked down the service road of life, I had some deep thoughts on this great speech. Please see below my riff on uh, the doctor's great speech. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and hence, by extension, political parties are created equal, and that all will be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their party. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day in this country, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood and that the latter may be permitted to do so without having to pay reparations for the sin of being born a different color than the former. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day in this country, its founders will be judged for their contributions to this great land and not by today's version of the word worthy as applied by those who proclaim to be woke. I have a dream that my little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their ancestors' skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that one day no person will be canceled simply because his or her views differ from those of the self-appointed cancelers. I have a dream today. Good luck and keep pushing back Gary and Egan. Well, you can't get any better than that, and that's what the Dr. King wanted in the first place. But the whole movement's been hijacked by the Mysterians. And they're not doing black America any favors. We've we've seen that already. We know that. We know that truth to be self-evident. I have exciting news. All right. Bring us up Monday. Let's go. Well, about Red Savoy Pizza. We're drawing ever closer to where you're going to get one in Lakeville. Come on. And what's important is that you get one. Because they all have the original recipe. They all have the original recipe born in 1965 at Savoy's Pete Red's Savoy Pizza on 7th Street. And now you can get them uh, all over the metro with that original recipe. Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville. We're only, what, 10 days away from Lakeville or so? Mm-hmm. Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park. 
downtown St. Paul, White Bear Avenue in St. Paul, St. Paul on Snelling, Vadness Heights, and Woodbury. And uh, why don't you uh, realize this is soda style, S-O-T-A, cut and square, just like it should be since 1965. Uh, you can download the Reds Savoy app and get rewards like free cheese bread and on your first order, a free pizza on your birthday, access to happy hour press, uh, pricing. And uh, believe me, if you have not had a Red Savoy pizza, you are really in for a treat because it's the best pizza in town because that original recipe dates back to 1965, dreamed up by Red Schoenheider himself. And when he sold the, the name and the franchising to Reed Daniels, he said, just don't mess with the recipe. And Reed has kept that He's kept that promise, and that's why you get the original recipe at every Red Savoy pizza. I have some really wise counsel for those pizza lovers out there. Oh, don't tell me how to do it right. No, no. This is. I'm going to tell you what you should not do. If you are hungry and it's around lunchtime, do not go to SavoyPizza.com and watch them prepare that sausage pizza with onions, pepperoni. I was looking at the locations just now, and they showed the pizza. They showed it cutting, and they showed people devouring the pizza. Did you get hangry? I'm I'm really, really hangry at SavoyPizza.com. All right. Oh. He lives a different life than most of us. Here's Joe Suchere. <laughs> Indeed. Speaking of uh, Professor Pedantic, I have a question for you, Joe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is it NASA or Nassau? NASA. So, have you ever watched the Nassau channel? NASA channel. Have you Have you ever watched it? I don't think I have. You ever seen it? It's... It's really cool. Yesterday, so yesterday morning, I'm watching a program about the Stennis Space Center. Have you ever heard of it? I it's uh, the it's the largest rocket engine testing facility in the country. It's in Sweet. Hancock, uh, Mississippi, and they mentioned uh, both Aerojet Rocketdyne and Empire Aircraft X-ray Laboratories. Now, I didn't hear them mention North Northrop Grumman or General Dynamics or any of the other huge corporations that you could end up working for after graduating from trainingndt.com to do non-destructive testing. But think about this. Would that be the pinnacle, the peak, the acme, working for Nassau? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it would. And that's where the graduates end up. The training, uh, the website is trainingndt.com, and virtually everything else you need to know about a fun career in the education to get there in non-destructive testing, it's right there. Uh, Like we've been saying, it's our answer to the failed academy. And with a 93% placement rating, the corporations come looking for you and from around the globe, and it could be you. What a great investment. Great staff, great online course, just a great school. You can check it all out, trainingndt.com. Get signed up and enjoy the rest of your life, trainingndt.com. There's a very touching piece in today's St. Paul Pioneer Press out of Watford City, North Dakota. And it, it, it starts with when the dust settled around Joe Biden's presidential victory, the shockwaves were quick to reach Watford City, South Dakota. Hmm. I think everybody up here feels like we're absolutely screwed, said Tara Paul, a Denver native who followed her sons to western North Dakota oil country just months before the pandemic hit. For some of the Paul's neighbors in their affordable RV park on the north side of Watford City, the responses to Donald Trump's loss have been immediate and drastic. One couple in a neighboring trailer packed up and moved to Texas immediately, uh, interpreting the election result as a nail in the coffin for their prospects in western North Dakota. Two months later, after the Democrats notched major wins more than 1,500 miles away in Georgia's Senate runoffs, Tara said she watched two more neighbors pack up and leave town. Word around the RV park is that they both left for the same reason. The Pauls have thought about leaving, too. One of their sons has already left and moved to Arkansas, not being uh, not long after being laid off early in the pandemic, and her other son, Sean, has been working a lower-rung job for a fifth of his old welding income, a gig that brought him a quarter million dollars a year. Wow. 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 
The juice is worth the squeeze for us, said Mike, Sean's father, who explained that the boom and bust living in hard sub-zero winters of the Bakken have been paid off for them before. But with the election of Biden quickly followed by the pair of Senate victories in Georgia, that delivered a Democratic trifecta in Washington. The Pauls worry that their way of living may have an expiration date. Like many other Trump supporters around the country, the Pauls took the former president's position that the election was stolen. Well, they get into the hole waiting for the stolen thing. My point is, Uncle Joel, this, this guy here, this guy, uh, Sean Paul, is a real guy. He's not part of the permanent political class that you've been in your entire life. Mm. There are people out here trying to put food on their family. And, and when I read this, I was doing some more work this morning, and I came across... Uh, a couple of pieces uh, that are right here, and they're equally as interesting. Uh, the Biden administration's 60-day pause on new oil and natural gas leases and drilling permits on federal land, signed by Acting Interior Secretary Scott De La Vega, could result in devastating consequences to state economies that rely on proceeds from oil sales. The order, which appeased progressive environmentalist groups, had a significant immediate effect. Here's from the Associated Press. Industry groups said the order effectively brings all regulatory activity to a halt, from routine requests that arise during the normal course of business to requests for rights of way for new pipelines designed to gather more natural gas as part of efforts to reduce venting and flaring, practices that Democrats have targeted in their fight against climate change. Leaders in New Mexico say the impact of making permanent the temporary moratorium would be economically devastating. New Mexico is one of the top oil producers in the nation, third behind Texas and North Dakota, thanks in part to the Permian Basin, yet it is also one of the most impoverished states in the U.S., leaving the land of enchantment more economically vulnerable to what one local leader called knee-jerk decisions by President Joe Biden's cabinet. During his inauguration, President Biden spoke about bringing our nation together. Eliminating drilling on public lands will cost thousands of New Mexicans their jobs and destroy what's left of our state's economy, Carlsbad Mayor Dale Janway told the Associated Press. Environmental efforts should be fair and well-researched, not knee-jerk mandates that just hurt an already impoverished state. The Biden administration's order has New Mexican leaders concerned, in particular because about half of their oil production occurs on federal lands, producing hundreds of millions of dollars in royalty revenue each year. New Mexico Republican Party Chairman Steve Pierce voiced another significant concern. He fears that the Biden administration's order could be a job killer. I think we're going to see companies choosing not to invest in New Mexico and take their jobs in drilling to Texas, just three miles away, Pierce said according to the AP. They can just scoot across the border when they don't, where they don't have federal lands. New Mexicans ironically supported Biden over Trump in the 2020 presidential contest by a significant margin, 54.3% to 43.5%, or 100,000 votes. All right, then you get this. Unions, who endorse, unions that endorse Joe Biden for president are experiencing some buyer's remorse only days after his inauguration. In one of his first actions in the White House, President Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. Now the unions who supported Biden are criticizing the newly elected president for the political move that they say will kill thousands of good-paying jobs. The Keystone XL pipeline was first proposed in 08, but the Obama administration vetoed the 1,200-mile pipeline in November of 2015. On his fourth day in office, former President Donald Trump signed an executive order to advance the $8 billion Keystone XL pipeline project, which would, ju- which would pump 35 million gallons of crude oil a day from Alberta, Canada to Steel City, Nebraska. Citing climate change concerns, the Biden administration announced on Wednesday it would revoke the federal permits for the Keystone XL pipeline. And there went thousands of jobs. Mm. <clears throat> Just like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's funny how those aren't followed uh, up with the, the the job talk once they say he signed these executive orders and it, it all they say it reversed what President Trump did. They don't say it will cost thousands of jobs. TC Energy Corporation, the Canadian company behind the Keystone XL pipeline project, said they would cut eleven thousand jobs. 
Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta, appeared on Fox News, The Story, where he said that Biden's move kills thousands of union labor jobs on both sides of the U.S.-Canada border and counterintuitively makes the United States more dependent on dictatorships for its energy needs. Uh, Andy Black, president and CEO of the Association of Oil Pipelines, said killing 10,000 jobs and taking $2.2 billion in payroll out of workers' pockets is not what Americans need or want right now. Biden was also slammed for canceling the Keystone XL pipeline by the same unions who endorsed him in the 2020 election. Pipeline construction has been a lifeline for many uh, union members across the country, the Laborers International Union of North America said. The anticipated decision to cancel the Keystone Pipeline will kill thousands of good-paying union jobs. In September, that union proudly endorsed Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, claiming the Democrats stand out as the blue-collar candidates. No, they don't. That's one of the great deceptions we're currently right. experiencing. Right. Kamala Harris represents anything blue-collar? Well, don't get me going. Well, uh, here, I'm not done. I'm not done. On November 7th, 2020, Terry O'Sullivan, general president of the Labor International Union in North America, said, together we helped push Joe Biden and Kamala Harris over the top, and we helped elect many pro-union, pro-labor, and pro-family candidates to office. Well, uh, deeply disappointed, uh, they're saying now. the United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipefitters. <laughs> it's too late now, guys. Endorsed Biden for president. We're not going to sit on the sidelines at the UA, uh, United Association. This endorsement is about putting UA members to work and fighting for fair wages and good benefits. Under a Biden administration, that's exactly what we'll get, said Mark McNannis, general president of the United Association. Let's be real. Nobody in the Oval Office will be with us on every single issue. But with his long history of standing shoulder to shoulder with working families and his commitment to an all of the above energy approach that will mean more jobs for us, protecting the hard earned retirements of our members and approving and appointing union friendly judges, Joe Biden will be a force, a fierce ally to our UA brothers and sisters. Then last week, the United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipefitters condemned the Biden administration. Wow. In revoking this permit, the Biden administration has chosen uh, to listen to the voices of fringe activists instead of union members and the American consumer. Let me be very clear. When when built with union labor by the men and women of the United Association, pipelines like Keystone XL remain the safest and most efficient modes of energy transportation in the world. Sadly, the Biden administration has now put thousands of union workers out of work. For the average American family, it means energy costs will go up and communities will no longer see the local investments that come with pipeline construction, said Mark McManus, general president of the United Association. Uh, See, I mean, you know, coming from me, the left is just going to say, well, Suchere is just a right-wing crank and he favors big oil. Well, I'm not a right-wing crank and I've always appreciated uh, what oil can accomplish because solar and... uh, Wind are not uh, ready not there yet. yet. They're not yeah. ready yet, and they're not reliable. Oil always works, by the way. Doesn't care what the wind is. Right. Doesn't care if it's sunny or not. So, oil I've got a works. Bunch of questions. Yep. Bunch of questions for you. He's Joe. Uh, I mean, the president is a career politician on that third rail for yep. most of his adult life. Yep. So he knows how to stay in Washington. Now the vote. The vote was, let's just talk in rough numbers, 75 mil to 74 mil? Yeah, Is that a good guess? We'll use that, yeah. That's almost an equally divided country. Right. This right. guy knows how to stay in Washington, knows what he's doing, made the promises to the union and to the blue-collar people. What the hell is he doing? What is he doing? Like you just read... He's listening to the far-left extremists. Why is he doing that, Such? What's going on? Well, but my, my this only is answer, uncharacteristic of him. My, my only answer to that would be, and I, I can't really explain it, but I predict he will revoke his revocation. Huh? I predict that he will allow the Keystone Pipeline to continue to be built. You think right now is just a, a, a knee-jerk reaction yes, to, yes. to please everybody, but then he'll... yes. Somehow soften the blow and say, "Okay, we we do need this for jobs." That, that's What's, what I'm. That's what I'm thinking and hoping uh, because I, there's no way to address Kenny's concern. What are you thinking of, Joe? 
You, you, for 46 years, you've just been on the third rail. These are real people out here trying to put food on their family. And you're, you're, you're buying this BS about how human beings can change nature. B as in B, S as in S. And, and you're only counting. You're a single mother with two children. Yeah. Which is the toughest job in America as far as I'm concerned. And you're working hard to put food on your family. That's right. Well, do you think, yeah, he spent 40 plus years in Washington and now in 2021 he wants to fix Washington. Yeah, He's been part of the What problem. is going on? Yeah. Who got to him? What, why is he so spineless? Why is he listening to the likes of the squad? Why is he doing this? He, he's he's got to know he's a one-termer just because of his age. Yep. I, I I do not have the wisdom of Solomon on this issue, but I, uh, I, I this is what I sensed going into the election. I said, what will be interesting, uh, I, I'm sorry, once Biden won, I, I what I sense what would, be, what would be most interesting is to see if he can survive being pulled into the world of the squad. Hmm. And his first, his first executive action was to kill the pipeline and 11,000 jobs and a billion dollar payroll. And just think of the, uh, the ancillary investments that go down the line when a pipeline manufacturing concern comes through your town. Everybody benefits, the hardware stores and the gas stations and the supermarkets and the shoe stores right. and the clothing stores and on and on and on mm-hmm. and on. And, and, but, but, but the petroleum has been successfully demonized, I'm afraid. And it, there's there's no reason to demonize it. It's it, it's brilliant. And these same frauds think nothing of flying around the country or being limoed around. It's okay for them because they live on the third rail. This guy up in North Dakota who lost his welding job, he doesn't live on the third rail. He lives in a uh, RV campground, uh, certainly willing to to put up with the highs and lows of his of the uh, Bakken oil fields, and now. Now he sees a future that is so bleak to him, he's going to have to say, hey, Ma, we got to pack up and get the hell out of here. Right. It's just a crying shame. Can we follow money in this case? Is it because Buffett and those investors are going to, you know, score big time? Because it's his trains that are carrying the oil yeah, and his, yeah. his trains yeah. that need upgrading that are probably going to get money? Uh, are, 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 but who else would there be? There's a story out there that I haven't had time to research, and that is that Biden was the recipient of more so-called dark money than any other candidate. Uh, and oh, apparently, oh boy. dark money, it's, it's, you, it's being given anonymously. I haven't researched the story yet. Perhaps I will. But I, have a, I had a different point I wanted to make. The other thing you're beginning to see, uh, John Kerry has said it, for example, we wasted four years of our time during the Trump administration to save the earth. Could, could somebody please explain to me in the last four years what was different than any other previous four years? And they'll say, well, the fires in California. No, the fires in California were particularly devastating because, A, people now, more people than ever live in harm's way, and, B, the forests have been poorly managed. Right. It has nothing to do with the temperature. Right. Nothing. Right. What changed in four years? Oh, we have, now we can now we can make up for lost time. To what? Tax me more? Because this has nothing to do with the environment. Your plans have nothing to do with the environment. Just a and rejoining the, Paris, rejoining the Paris Climate Accord has nothing to do with the environment. It's a means to distribute more money around the world. Yeah, we're to, putting and, the bill for on that one, aren't we? Yeah. And pretty, from what I've under, what I understand, pretty ineffective at getting anything done other than being a cheerleader and a lobbyer and a, and a noisemaker. Right. But as far as actually getting things done, it, it, they're pointless. Now, this I want, dark money's got to come with strings, huh? It just can't be anonymous. Well, well look ooh. it up, Kenny. Look, look it up. I, but oh. remember when... I have, to, I have to stay here in the pilot seat and command the ship. So, But I, I, I think you should look it up. It's, it's out there. It's a story. It's legitimate. I don't even know. Uh, I haven't researched it, so I can't really go flying off the handle. What is the event that happened... I don't remember what, who it was. Was it the World Health Organization where we had to pay them billions or whatever it was, and President Trump stopped that and exposed the fact that we have to pay these other countries this money 
and by not paying them, we're saving a lot of money. How come that wasn't made a big deal of? Because it was Trump. Yeah, but it's still money. That's big money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's it's big money going by the wayside now when you cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. <clears throat> a lot of those people, man, that's that's how they raise their family. Here you go from Bloomberg. Biden's winning campaign was backed by $145 million in so-called dark money donations, a type of fundraising Democrats have decried for years. Those fundraising schemes augmented Biden's $1.5 billion haul in itself, a record for a challenger to an incumbent president. Wow. Yeah, we, we've just reached a point in the United States where you, you buy a presidency. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just, you oh just next it. paragraph. Uh, we can spread the the amount of dark money dwarfs the twenty eight point four million spent on behalf of his rival, former President Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. it, both sides are living off it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy a presidency, and you can buy a senate seat, and you can buy an ambassadorship, and you know it's just. Uh, our, our great hope was that, uh, or my great hope was that, that Biden would not become a, uh, a puppet of the of the Mysterians, and I'm afraid Joe, he's showing he, every inclination. How he was only in office for mere hours, not even mm-hmm. 24 mm-hmm. before. How many did he work through? 17. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a stack there that was taller than him, and one of them was yeah the pipeline. And he sat at the little kid's desk again, like Trump did there. Too. <laughs> yes. You see that? He was sitting, yeah, at, the kids, he was sitting at the kids' table. <laughs> Look at Thanksgiving. we got to put all the kids at the kids' <laughs> yes. table. He was a at little the kids card table. table over there. I don't know why he didn't do it in the Oval Office. I, getting back to it. Now, am I naive for thinking he's going to see the light here and, and not cancel oh, oh, the that XL? that was my question. That was my question. Yeah. What is going to take – how long is it going to be, A – and B, what is it going to take? What's he going to see? What's going to turn him around? What's it going to be? Well, two motivating questions. factors have to be money and votes. Well, there is no vote. He's 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 in. He's the president. I, I know, but if he wants to go at the second term, or if he wants <laughs> to go, oh no, the... Matt, he'll be eighty million years old. He won't. He's a one-termer just because of his age. I predict. Okay. And then you got your first female president. Because first is really important. Well, what about that just your... shows you how cynical we are that Matt would jump to those two conclusions. Right. And I wouldn't disagree with him um, other than, yeah, he's a one-termer just because of his age. What about your midterm elections? Control of the well, Senate, uh, House. Midterm oh. elections, could, if this kind of behavior keeps up, there's the midterm elections could, could result Arm. in a lot of Republicans if they could get their act together. Yeah. yeah. We need more think guys like the, Patch, whatever his name is. Think of the blue-collar jobs that this guy's peeing on. It's just, it's incredible. Under the guise of oil, oil is the cause of a national hysteria in the Mysterian movement. There's nothing to replace it. You can't make you batteries. Unless you completely shut down this country, which is the goal of the mystery, is to not have the kind of country that we have. That's the goal of the mystery. What better way to bring it out than completely shut down transportation? But does that keep him on the third rail? Sure. They're immune to everything. You can't build solar panels, wind uh, farms. Uh, You can't build, uh, what else, batteries without oil. I think the battery Uh, thing is ludicrous because uh, it requires so much copper and nickel Mining. Okay, uh, there's and, another thing they don't and see. And the Mysterians don't want any mines, at least in this country. They're okay if the copper and nickel are mined by 12-year-old African kids, those hypocrites. Right. They're okay That's with just that. It. That's just it, Such. They talk about jobs. There would be jobs right there, only, oh, no, not in no, the United States. Not That's in my mine. backyard. Not here. Not here. And I, I just tend to believe uh, that the people who rise to positions of power in uh, pipeline companies and oil production companies and mining companies, I have no reason to believe they don't take the goodwill of the environment to heart. I believe that they do. Oh, they absolutely have to. It's in their best interest. Right. At least in this country it is. And Canada. I mean, I know it's tough for the BWCA 
uh, activists to, to swallow mining up there because they're very afraid of runoff and spills and pollution of lakes and whatnot. And and uh, I just don't think the people that are creating the mine want to see that. They, they, they don't want that to happen. They're, they will do everything in their power to not have that happen. It only serves them to not have that happen. They need to, they need to produce the copper and the nickel. Because you all want electric cars, you mysterians. Right. No. It's, it's, uh, I, w- I was rooting for Biden. I still am. I mean, it's early. It's only a week in for Pete's sake. But gee whiz. Who are you kidding? Give me a break. <laughs> Come on, man. You shouldn't. He always uses the word man. Come on, man. Why are you killing 11,000 hey, jobs? <laughs> then he had a talk with Trudeau. Trudeau was the first guy he called, the first world leader of Biden's presidency that they talked on the phone. And, and Trudeau gave him an earful about the he's, how disappointed he was in Good. Biden's decision. Good. And how do you backpedal out of that discussion? Oh, I'm getting another call. Yeah. I got to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a shame, the people... Losing their jobs, not knowing their future up in North Dakota, up in northern Minnesota. It's a, it's a shame because the, uh, the mystery has succeeded in promulgating the idea that uh, energy in and of itself is the cause of the ruination of our mother, the earth, which is just B as in B, S as in S. And if you euphorians think you euphorians who applaud this, you better not own a car, and you better not heat your home, and you better not cut your grass, you better not have a fishing motor. Only one guy in the world, Rook, who's the one guy in the world that can lecture us? Pedro. Pedro Luca lives in a cave Chile? in Argentina. Argentina. I think it's Argentina. Yeah. Pedro Luca. And he he doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to preach. He's just happy with his humble... Uh, current situation. Lives in a cave and doesn't own a damn thing. Okay, he can lecture me all day long, although he's shown no signs of intending to do that. Plus, I don't know how good his English is. Well, so, we've tried to reach him, haven't we? Yeah. So, wait a minute. So you're saying Pedro has no idea that seafoam is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas? No idea no, at all? He has no, no clue because terrible? he doesn't own anything that would require seafoam. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It is. It really is. <laughs> that, that hurts me right to the quick. Yeah. Uh, we've got mail, Joe. This one from Jacob. Hey, Joe and GL team, it's great to hear you've got Seafoam as a new sponsor. We've been using Seafoam for decades in all of our cars and small engines. The two Fords and the Jeep Wrangler are nearing 20 years old, all running strong. And then he sent some pictures, and uh, he goes on to say, Here's what a can of seafoam looked like back around the time GL first hit the airwaves. Must be from the early to mid-90s. Pretty much empty, but I couldn't get myself to throw it away while cleaning out the garage cabinets a few years ago. I'm sure some old GLers out there have some uh, some of the much older cans. It's a, And it, it, to describe it, it's just a neat old round steel can with kind of a little bit of rust on the seams with a steel cap. But then, Suchi boy... And here's where oil plays into this spot. He also sent two pictures of very, very old cans. I think he found them on the Internet. I saw and them. these are, yeah, they're meant for your outboard motor, very yes. old cans. In the, yes. in the back, of the, and they, they kind of have that rectangular, small, squarish, you know, thing. Yeah. And on yeah. one of them, there's a cartoon of a guy called Mr. Sputter Duddy. Sputter Duddy. Yeah. He's trying to pull start his ancient old tiny outboard in what looks to be a little tiny dinghy. And Sucha, I don't mean to hurt your feelings here, but uh, he kind of reminds me of you. I know. I retweeted you. I said, that's me. Is that kind of that green color, that, that greenish color? In the... <laughs> Got it. And the engine he's trying to start is so old that it doesn't have recoil, so you have to wrap the rope every oh my time. God. You want a seafoam story, Kenny? But no, I wait, sold. Wait. I, okay, go ahead. In small print, and this is what I love. Right under that image, did you see what it said? Established in 1942. Mm-hmm. How's that for legacy? I did the math already. That's 79 years of keeping our cylinders running top notch. And the best part, and we're hammering this. It's available. It's a national, if not global, product, and everywhere you can get it. Everywhere, hardware stores, gas stations. Convenience stores, even grocery stores. What's your story, Such? I sold my beloved MG 
as we speak, it's on its way to California. I started it yesterday. It had not been started since November 20th. Popped right over, and I am attributing that in no small part to Seafoam. Yeah. Yeah, well. Really? Well, it's a miracle product. Yeah. That's why they've been around since 42. It works and cleans engines and carbs. And we're talking from tiny little two-strokes and four-strokes to big old Packard V12s and uh, my high mileage GMC and whatever crap can you're driving, Rook. Keep it clean, keep <laughs> it happy, and keep it out of the shop. It's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's Seafoam. Joe Souchere and Kenny Olson. They share a common love of bird watching. Here's Joe <laughs> You know what we are that last break, Joe? We're sitting on your deck yeah. above the boathouse just talking like old men. About we're, birds. Just, yeah. we're just old men. I wish we would have been rolling on that. Joe, I'm taking pictures of these dumb things. I'm so fascinated. Oh. Why, why do the Cardinals show up one day and then I won't see them again for a week? Where, where right. are they? What kind of feed do you have? There's a specific put, feed. You know, crumbs from a roll or something I put out there. Well, you're not putting any and effort then, into it? No, not. And oh. we're, we've counted three different kind of woodpeckers, from the little tiny ones to the big pileated woody woodpecker-looking things. I'm sorry. I have to shoot those uh, if they're uh, after ah. my house. No, I don't. Oh, yeah. It would be against the law. You know what it would be? It would be wrong. It would be wrong. This came up um, last week. There's a moron in uh, Oklahoma uh, who wants to create a hunting season for Bigfoot. Uh, his name is Representative <laughs> Justin Humphrey, a Republican. Oh. He has introduced House Bill 1648, urging the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission to establish a Bigfoot hunting season. The Oklahoma Wildlife Conference Conversation Conservation Commission shall promulgate rules establishing a Bigfoot hunting season, the bill states. The commission shall set annual season dates and create any necessary specific hunting licenses and fees. It's a real bill, yes. Micah Holmes, Assistant Chief of the Information and Education Division at the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife, confirmed Thursday. Representative Humphrey told TMZ that since news of the bill broke, He's been flooded with calls and messages from people upset with him over the bill. Bigfoot deniers are apparently angry with him for wasting time on a bill based around a creature that doesn't exist. Humphrey says that deniers have called him an idiot, cursed at him over the bill, and said they would never vote for him again. Well, pal, you are an idiot. Meanwhile, Bigfoot believers also aren't happy, although Humphrey reportedly says the believers have generally been more polite. According to him, their main complaint is that they think Bigfoot should be left alone. Oklahoma reportedly has a high number of Bigfoot sightings. For those on Sasquatch Watch, Bigfoot has also been spotted in North Carolina, Georgia, Washington, and Oregon. Well, let's throw in Minnesota, too. Right. Here's here's the problem. Yeah. Hey, moron. Moron. They're on two legs. How many deer hunters are going to get wiped out? Right. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Kenny's rule, I don't hunt anything that walks on two legs. Unless they're shooting at you. Yeah, Yeah, unless they're armed and shooting at me. Well, plus, first of all, they're not likely to exist. And and secondly, if they do, why would you want to kill one? Right. Well, yeah, that's one of my points, Joe. So is it getting into the garbage? Is it causing damage? Is it eating your livestock, uh, carrying off your puppy or your kitty or your chickens? So is it a problem? Is it a nuisance animal? Of course not. There's no evidence. <laughs> of course not. No. Right. No. There's none. No. Yeah, beautiful you know what it hair. Is. <laughs> it's huh? it, it's either extinct or it's endangered. Yeah. That's what Bigfoot is, and we can't hunt those. We know because uh, the libs shut us down on everything. So I looked up rare animals. The vaquita. Do you, have you ever heard of that? Vaquita. No. No. Rarest animal in the world, possibly the most endangered, with only about 10 individuals left in the wild. I'd say that's 10 more than uh, the Bigfoots we, we supposedly have. Yes, yeah. Number two, the giant panda, a, combo, a common symbol of conservation for over 50 years. I'm not shooting any panda bear. <laughs> no, no. Hell no. kidding me? <laughs> I'm not shooting no. Bigfoot either. This thing was 10 foot tall. <laughs> 
Uh huh. He had beautiful hair. Now, see, that's an assessment. <laughs> I, I believe that guy. That I think that comes with some credibility. That that guy is believable. Yeah, and he, he didn't shoot him, did he? No, he's, he was, he was so. He probably thought about it, but then he was so enthralled with his the look of his hair. Look at his beautiful hair. How can I shoot that? Here's a it legislator like, who wants to create like a hunting season. Here's yeah. a legislator who wants to create a hunting season for a, a a creature that doesn't exist. Let's have a hunting season. Okay, then how many people are you going to end up shooting, you moron? Boy, if you bought one of those licenses, how dumb would you be? Well, it might be fun to have one for display purposes. Put it on the wall. Put it on the wall. <laughs> it's blurry. Yeah. It's not very clear. Yeah, it's a blurry you license. You can't really tell when it expires, uh, what, you know, what open season is. Brilliant. Just oh. looking at it saying, hmm, I don't know. And this guy's surprised that he's being vilified. Hey, pal, you're a moron. When are you going to break through and tell us that you're pranking us? I keep waiting for evidence that this guy's pulling our leg. But apparently, no, he's not. He wants a Bigfoot hunting bill. No, you're not going to shoot Bigfoot. You're not going to shoot him. <laughs> See, that's always been one of my wor worries that some kids are going to get a great idea to go prank some people yes. and put on a Bigfoot costume and then end up getting themselves killed. Is Guilty. there part of Oklahoma that's heavily forested? Could Looking somebody right look now. that up for okay, me? Okay, L.A. I mean, Bigfoot, to our knowledge, doesn't walk around in cornfields, no. you know, wheat fields. He needs to hide. He's not fly fishing down on the creek. No, he's, he's got to be in the. He's got to be in the thick woods where he can crouch behind a rock. According to the Southern Forest Resource Assessment. Uh, Oh wait! Now this is. I just don't picture Oklahoma as heavy, heavily forested. By the 1930s, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. Less than two hundred thousand acres of virgin forest in eastern Oklahoma remained. And the that US, was when uh, in the 1930s. The U.S. Forest well, that Service, doesn't exist anymore. Yes, but the, you're right, Joe. I picture Oklahoma as every square inch has been trod upon. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's how I picture. And I don't know if that's true, but that's what I have in my mind's eye. You know, at least in this state, you could find an untouched spot maybe in the BWCRBLQZ right, right. park. Yeah. The U.S. Forest Service estimates they now have point seven. I'm sorry, 7.6 million acres of forest, 58% oh. of the original acreage. So right. I guess there right. is a considerable amount. Maybe out okay. in the panhandle. Right. Because I've been to Oklahoma, ain't seen no trees. Uh-huh. Yeah, Oklahoma City ain't got no trees. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. You blast through that state as fast as possible. Yeah. Well, anyway, I hope this guy obviously does not succeed. If you're in Oklahoma, you're going somewhere else. That's you're right. on the way to somewhere else. You're just passing through. <laughs> yeah, you're going to Texas. Yeah. Uh, can you get Reavers on the line, please, Rook? Reavers? Yeah. Mr. Four-Day Weekend? Mr. Uh, I Gotta Teach the Kids Today or whatever he's doing. Yeah. 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 He, he, uh, he's referring to it as distance learning. Are we doing this live? Is this legal in the podcast biz, Rook? I think so. I don't even have to think we're telling him he's on the air. There you go, Such. You can call your own employer. <clears throat> yeah. Employee, can't you? Carp Lodge. Reavers. Hello? Re Reavers? No, no. Wrong number. Thanks, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got sorry. you. <laughs> Screw that up, huh, Rook? Should have asked the guy about the meatloaf. Have you ever had Grun Alfred's meatloaf? As long as I got you on the line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. Again, here we go. Okay, buddy. Oh, that was good, Rook. <laughs> Boy, it better not be this guy again. <laughs> Don't you just say right? Oh, that's on your cell phone where you just say into your phone what it is. Really tough. I dyslexic. If it's the same guy, what do we do? I'm going to ask him if he's ever had Grunhoffers. Don't tell him who you are. It was oh. weird that it didn't sound like Reavers. Reavers, well, what in the hell else could he be doing? The hell with Reavers. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic... I don't want to leave a message. We only want no, to touch leave base. A message. I don't... I don't know what is... No, I don't want to leave a message. The hell with him. 
I just wanted to know what he thought of the new Town Ball meatloaf, which he acquired uh, last before going into the weekend. Because I have breaking news from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Just I'm a minute, him right now. I'll tell him to call you, Matthew. What yep. are you doing? I'm right here, boys. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Joe. Keep going. Yeah, Keep we'll, talking. We'll Make fill time, Joe. Fill time. No, I want to tell you that I have breaking news from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. This is me calling Reavers. A new meatloaf will be available after 3 p.m. today. It's called the Minnesota Meatloaf with wild rice and mushrooms. What? Are you kidding me? Wow. Are you kidding? So now there's three meatloafs. The meatloaf, the town ball meatloaf. Will you forget trying to reach him? I'm serious. This is nonsense. Okay, I've got... I've got unbelievable news, though. Not as good as the Minnesota meatloaf available after 3 p.m. today. Uh, Speaking of the uh, the twins, speaking of town ball, Grunhofer's made 200 pounds last Friday. That's 400 pounds in two weeks, and Grunhofer's original meatloaf is still flying off the shelves. Now at 3 p.m. today, three choices. Original. Town ball with bacon and Minnesota meatloaf with wild rice and mushrooms. I've this is turning you. this is turning into the next brats. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon he's going to have a hundred flavors of meatloaf. Yeah. This is awesome. I have already received a message from Andrea, who I do know well, and she is a complete a daily podcast listener. Mm-hmm. She yeah. sent me a picture on my uh, message screen here. I just bought the very first Minnesota meatloaf. Oh, and she oh. took a picture. Well, of it. it's not three o'clock. It's not three o'clock. That's uh, not fair. She probably sweet talked Spencer into saying, "I've had my, I've been a garage logician, a CI girl for a long, long time." And I bet he said, "Just don't tell anybody." And then what does Here's she do? Prototype. She tells Here's everybody. A prototype. Yeah, she yeah. tells everybody. She's no, I won't tell anybody. First thing she does is she tells everybody. Way to go, Andrea. Nice work. What's that word for when so- she she broke the embargo? She broke the embargo. Well, you know what? It's meatloaf. Are you gonna Are you gonna stand true to your 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 feelings, your 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 social contract? No, you're gonna break it because it's meatloaf. This is the season for soups, and Grunhofer's has all of your soup meats, oxtails, beef shanks, smoked and fresh pork hocks, smoked ham shanks, and pork neck bones. And look, if we're still allowed to host or attend a Super Bowl party, you've got to include uh, Grunhofer's on your shopping stops because that'll make the whole function. I think we'll do the brats for Super Bowl, uh, the different flavors again. That was a big hit. And then you vote on which one most people like. Yeah, we're going to do that. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo and now featuring the newest meatloaf, the Minnesota Meatloaf, Spencer's latest creation. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm worried about Tom Lyman. Why? I haven't heard from him lately, and he's now in uh, Marloth Park, South Africa, in, a, in some sort of wild animal area, and I hope he hasn't been you know, eaten yep. by a tiger or something or yep. fell victim to a snake. Oh. oh. Or trampled by, you know, a, a mad mama elephant. He usually provides us on this date in Minnesota history, so I'll give you one. On this date in 1886, now oh, keep in mind... He- you took mine, Joe. I was going to spring this on yeah. you. Go ahead. Well, but how about this? On January 25th, 1886, a six-day bicycle race began at the Washington Avenue rink in Minneapolis with some of the best-known professional male cyclists in the country competing for the prizes of a medal sponsored by the Minneapolis Tribune and emblematic of the long-distance championship of America and an elegant suit of clothes <laughs> will be presented by Oscar the Taylor. Held within the rink, the race is also an endurance test for each participant who pedals his high-wheel bicycle with a big front wheel and a small rear wheel around the track for the largest score of miles covered the winner on january 30 is a dark is dark horse albert shock of chicago with 923 miles and five laps wow how did they how did they do this in the winter the the rink must not have had any ice on it yeah they must well, have, maybe those right. big fat bentelli tires could be could be from eco fun which was not around then but oh, that's you true can, you can only, but you can only it's wish. 
one of those giant clown looking bikes that are hard yeah. to get on. Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen eighty six in the dead of winter. Big bicycle. That's how you it don't started. tell me. We can go all the way back to there to blame mm-hmm. uh for their current problems. Thank you, GLers. Yeah. Let's hope things. Biden comes to his senses, shall we? Uh, you think he will? I don't know. I'm hoping he will. I'm hoping he will. I think he probably will. If you say so, I think he probably will. Yeah. I uh, think it's probably okay. I wouldn't count on me. Well, you might not be the judge, but you are one of the judges. That's right. Say, i got to tell you about uh, Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Aside from the grit and the salt... You might need that ice chopper. And you know what? Their ice choppers are going to cut right through that horrible patch of ice that the sun just can't get rid of. That's Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Tell them that the Rook sent you. And if you're looking for, I don't know, something to please your ears with, well, a podcast that you haven't heard of before, you find those at PodMN on your smartphone or on your computer at PodMN.com. Poke around. You'll find something you like. Speaking of things you like, how about the Garage Logic YouTube page? You can subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube page and find some of the interesting, funny, and not so funny clips right there on YouTube. Sign up, the Garage Logic YouTube page. Thanks, GLers. We'll catch you next time.